Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 1st of September 2013, entitled, Be Content. And the Bible reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 to 8. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Alright, if you'd like to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Hebrews chapter 13. We'll be taking our reading from Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, as I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday and today and forever. Father, we thank you again today for this time that we have been able to already have together in your house, and Lord, for the next moments that we continue to be together. Lord, now as we look into your word and stand totally and completely dependent, Lord, upon you through the power of your Spirit, Father, we pray that you would take and speak that through your uh, servant here this morning, Lord, that uh, you would have spoken under the power that comes from you alone. You know the hearts. You know the needs. We look to you and trust you to meet those in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Of course, we find here in the writings to the Hebrews that this chapter begins with some very simple instructions of brotherly love continuing, of not being forgetful, not only with the brotherly love, but to entertain strangers, those that, uh, that may come along that we've never seen before, we never know. And he, of course, he tells us here that there's always that possibility that we actually could be entertaining an angel without realizing it. He goes on, of course, to tell us to remember those that are in bonds as if we ourselves were bound with them. And those that are suffering, that are going through adversity, that are going through struggles, as if we also were in the same body with them and going through those things with them. And he goes on then to speak of marriage being honorable in all, but whoremongers and adulterers, God would judge the kind of pure lives that, as children of God, that we should all be living. I don't want to draw your attention particularly this morning to verse 5 which says again, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We're really taking for a title, if you want one, two words right there, that verse that says, be content. Be content. Um, as I look around today, I see this is such a phenomenal need amongst Christians. Notice here that 
and the simple instructions that we have in this verse before us. He says, let your conversation be without covetousness. And of course, as we stated before, when we think of conversation, we tend to think of just the words that we speak. But the word conversation here carries with it much more than just the words that we speak. It's really our whole manner of life. It's not just what we communicate with words, but what we communicate with the very lives, with the lifestyles that we live, with all the things that we do as well. Let your conversation, let your manner of life, if you would, be without covetousness. Now, what does covetous mean? Well, I guess most of the time we, we think of it in relation to possessions. Uh, the actual definition says, desirous of the possessions of another. It suggests a desire to possess more of something than one needs or is entitled to. What I would suggest to you as we think of this this morning is he tells us in our conversations, in our lifestyles, in our manner of life that be, be without covetousness, that covetousness means more than just possessions, but it can literally speak of being covetous of someone else's situation. You see, so many times I look around, I see so, so little peace and joy and contentment as we're going to be talking about here within the Christian's life because they're always looking at something more, some different situation that they wish that they were in or what someone else has instead of, instead of them. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. The word content, we think of it as, yes, of being, of being satisfied uh, with what we have or where we are. It literally means to be possessed of, of an unfailing strength. It means to, uh, to be strong, uh, to suffice, to be enough, to defend, to ward off, to be satisfied, to be contented, to be at peace with right where we are right now in our lives. So the Bible is saying to us very simple instructions that we need to let our, our conversation, our manner of life be without all these desires of something that we don't have that somebody else does have, whether it be their possessions or their, their situation in life. They've got it so much easier than me or they've got it so much better than me. But to be satisfied, to be strong with an unfailing strength right where we are. So in fact, contentment versus covetousness. You see, these really two are the opposite of each other. When a person is truly contented, he will not be coveting. But when a person is covetous, contentment is going to go away. There is absolutely no way to be satisfied, to be at peace with yourself and with God in your Christian walk, when you're always looking around wishing you were somewhere else, wishing that you were better than this, wishing you were more like this person or maybe less like someone else. The Bible has a lot to say about the Christian, the child of God, not being covetous, not to desire the things or, or the situations that others have. We can go right back to when God first gave man the law back in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, when he says, Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. 
nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. We shouldn't be desirous of what someone else has. We shouldn't be desirous of where they are in life that we would have it rather than them. We should be happy for them, that they have been blessed with whatever they have been blessed with. Ephesians 5.3 says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saint's. This isn't something that should be part of the manner of life of a child of God. It shouldn't even be being named amongst us. It shouldn't be part of our lives whatsoever. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Mortify. What does that mean? It means to put it to death. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry for the Christian, for the child of God. Those things should be gone from our lifestyles. Oh, they might very well have been part of the old man, but they're not part of the new man. He says being covetousness of others will rob us of our contentment. There's no way that we can be strong and satisfied where we are as long as we're wanting something that is somewhere else or belongs to someone else. Are you truly content with where you are today? Are you content with your situation in life? Are you content with what God has blessed you with? Well, this is not some magic wand that I can wave before you, but I would say even here this morning that even as we look around us in our congregation this day, where are those that should be in these other seats? Sure, some of them cannot be here, but there are many that are here simply because they're not content today. They're not really happy in their Christian lives. They're discouraged. They're, they're, they're down and out. They're struggling. They're wishing that, that life was different, that their situation was different, that they were somewhere else or that... They had something else besides what they have. But you see, first of all, from this verse, as a child of God, preacher, that's easy to say, but how can this be? How can we truly know contentment? How can we not be wishing that the situation was different, that we were in a better place? Well, first of all, it begins by, he says here, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. You see, do we really believe if we begin to think that everything that we have is of our own doing rather than recognizing that all good gifts are from above, that God is responsible for everything we have? Yes, hard work is necessary sometimes, but it's God that gives you the health and the strength and the ability and all that you have to be able to do that even. We need to be content with such things as we have. We need to be content with God's provision. Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 to 30 says this. It says, no man can serve two masters. It's very important. No man can serve two masters. You can't have your allegiance to two at one time. He says, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. 
Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. It is not the life more than meat, and the body more than, than raiment. He says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And, I, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? You see, the only way that we're going to be content with God's provision is to truly believe that God will provide for your every need. You can get all strung out and all anxious and all worried, and it's usually not because of those essentials. It's maybe for the wants. You want a different situation or you want something more. And yet, God said you can't serve both God and mammon or God and possessions and money and, and, and those material things. You can't do it. You need to focus upon God. You need to trust God. Look at what he does for creation around us. Do you not think that he would meet your needs, that he would take care of you? The psalmist said in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want the psalmist realized that it was the Lord that was taking care of him. It was the Lord that was protecting him and feeding him and guiding him. I shall not want. Paul, in writing to the Philippians, said in chapter 4, verse 19, he says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We know these words. And yet I see the effect of them so little in Christians' lives so often. Do we really believe that God will supply all of our need through Jesus Christ? How can we be coveting what someone else has if we genuinely are satisfied and content with God's provision for us? 1 Timothy 6, 7, 8 says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. He says in verse 10, he says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Christians can get so focused on the day-to-day the -day things of what they're doing for themselves instead of trusting God to do it and letting God do it. Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want. Paul said, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I'm saying Christians, too many lose their peace 
they lose their contentment. They lose their, their satisfaction in their Christian walk because in actual fact, they're not content with God's provisions. They're wanting more. They're wanting a different situation. They're wanting something to be different instead of truly trusting God and being content and knowing that God is the one that's providing for them. We need to be content with God's provision, but we also, he says here, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. What's the next word in your Bible? For. Because, if you would. You've got good reason to be content. Why? He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Christians, we need to be content with God's provisions rather than desiring what somebody else has and where somebody else is. And we need to be content with God's presence. Yes, sometimes we find it easy to get discouraged because this person has let us down or that person has let us down. But we're talking about God's presence. Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Psalm 73 Verses 23 to 26, listen, he says, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. Is there something on this earth or someone that we desire more than the very presence of the Lord? Jesus has said, I'm there with you. I'll never, ever, ever forsake you. The Bible says, and listen carefully, it says, my flesh and my heart faileth. Folks, your flesh will fail you. <laughs> Too many Christians are trying to live in the flesh. They're trying to live with their own strength. They're trying to do all the things that they ought to do as a Christian in the flesh. But he goes on, he says, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My flesh and my heart faileth. If you're trying to be satisfied and content in this life, by what you can do or can't do, what you do do and, and what you don't do and, and all of those things in your own strength. There will never be contentment. Your flesh can never do it. The strength of your heart is the Lord. He is your strength. He is the one you must depend on and he is your portion forever, the psalmist says. What was that definition? God is the strength of my heart. What was that Definition for contentment, to be possessed of unfailing strength, to be strong, to suffice. You see, if you think that you're not strong enough, that you don't have what you need to, to handle this situation, to do this thing, to accomplish this thing, you won't. God is your strength. He's done it all for you. And he's there with you every step of the way. There's no way that we can truly be content wherever we are in whatever state that we're in with what we have. 
unless we learn to be content with God's provision, unless we learn to be content with God's presence. And may I say to you, learn to be content with God's personality, or maybe even more specifically, having God's personality. (laughs) You see, he says here, for he had said, Jesus is the one that said, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee. This is not a promise from just anybody. I would simply say, what is your contentment based upon? Is it our present situation? Are we content because of the situation that we're in at this moment, or is it in the sovereign God of eternity? (laughs) Is our contentment going to come from the carnal, from the flesh, from what we can do, or is it going to come from Christ that lives and dwells within? Are we, as Christians today, are we living according to the flesh, or are we living in Christ? Are we living according to the Holy Spirit? that fills us and controls us if we just give ourselves to him. Are you trying to find contentment in the flesh? And some of the things I think that Brother Chris is talking in that old man, (laughs) are you trying to find contentment in a dead man or a live man? The one that's dead or the one that's alive in Christ? There'll always be the battle with the flesh. Where we look from within, are we trying to to find our strength? Or is God the strength of our heart? Too many. Too many are, are still trying to do it their way. When God is right there, you see, we need to be content with his provisions, with his presence, and with his personality, who he is, not who I am. 1 Timothy 6, 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. You won't find that godliness in the flesh, folks. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all what manner of conversation, in all your manner of life, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Are we satisfied? with his lifestyle? And are we letting his lifestyle control us from within that we can truly be like him? Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. I'm asking you today, not do you know about God and do you know about Jesus Christ Do you know him? Do you know him personally? It's not enough. It's not enough just to know about him. But we must know him. You see, it's only in knowing him that we can truly be content with our life as a child of God. Be content. The word of God says, be content with such things as ye have. For he saith, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Be content with God's provision, with God's presence, with God's personality. And I've already alluded to this, with God's power. He's the one that said this. 
Are you struggling with contentment? Do you struggle with, with being happy, being satisfied with your situation? You want to be happy and content, but you just can't seem to find the strength and the ability to do it. You never will if you look into yourself. Maybe you're trying too hard in your own strength, in your own power. What was that to be possessed of unfailing strength? <laughs> You'll never be content if you're trusting in your strength. You see, we've got to be content with God's power. Can you be content if you're depending on the strength of that, of that dead man? Acts 1 says, 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. That's when you're going to get your power. After the Holy Ghost takes up his residence. It was true for the apostles. It's true for you and I today. There is no power in the flesh. There is no unfailing strength there. It's only in God. It's only in his provision, his presence, his personality, his power. Ephesians 3.16, that, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Folks, that's the only power. We'll never be content until we're content with God's power that lives within us. Galatians 5.16, that I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, that doesn't mean you can't give in to the flesh. You know, we look at the Apostle Paul's battle and struggle, and man, did he have a struggle. He got so, so fed up with himself. Why do I do these things that I know that I shouldn't? And why don't I do the things that I know that I should? And I'd say he was a pretty spiritual character, but he still had that struggle. He still had that flesh, but not on the inside. It was the man that had been born new. It was that man that was alive in Christ that was struggling with that old flesh. We got to remember sometimes, folks, this flesh is just a dwelling place. We live inside. This flesh has not been redeemed. One day we'll have a new body, a new temple to live in. But now that struggle is there. But he says we need to be strengthened with might by his spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, in the inner man. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you try to walk in the flesh, you'll certainly try to fulfill those lusts of the flesh. But not if you're walking in the Spirit. Not if the Holy Spirit has control. Galatians 5, 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. That should be the natural fruit of a life that is controlled by the Spirit of God. I want to give you this in closing. Our time is gone. God says to you, be content. He says to you very clearly, let your conversation, let your manner of life be without covetousness, be without wanting what everybody else has got and everybody else's situation that, that's better than yours. He says, be content with such things as you have. Why? Because he said, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake you. He's always there with you. He's living within you. He's dwelling within you. And if you're going to find contentment in that Christian life, I can tell you today, and I don't say it with any malice, there are a lot of these seats empty because... People don't have contentment. Probably more than ever, they need to be here today. 
not just for me to hear me preaching, but for your fellowship, for the encouragement of the brethren, that one another, we can be there. You see, if you're going to find contentment, you've got to be content with God's peace. God's peace. Too many Christians just simply don't know that, that inner peace. Why? Because they are depending upon the world, some other situation. They're depending upon their flesh and what they can do to give it to them. Well, just look around you, folks. This world knows very little peace in any real form. I've heard it said, and I've never looked at every day of history myself, but I've heard it said that there's never been a day in history but what some nation was fighting against another nation. Somebody was fighting somebody somewhere. There's no peace in this world. If you're to know any real peace, it's going to require far more than what this world can give to you. It's going to require more than what your flesh can give to you. It's going to require more, and listen, it's going to require more than having a bit of religion. It's going to require more than going to church. Though you should go to church, that in itself won't give you the peace. It's going to take more than just knowing a few Bible scriptures. Too many Christians know all these Bible scriptures, but they're not living them. They're not applied. They're not living the Word of God. You can know all that you want, but unless it becomes real in our lives and we live it, it's not going to do you much good. <laughs> Careful. To be content with God's peace is going to take more than just being saved. <laughs> now, that's where it's got to start. <laughs> there will be no peace without Christ. But there are plenty of people today that are saved. They're going to be in heaven one day, but they have no real peace and contentment in this life. They're fighting and struggling all the time with all these things. You don't have Christ. You don't even have a starting point. There's no place to even begin. But once you have Christ in your heart, can I ask you this morning, what are you doing with him? What are you doing with him. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean like with some object. You see, if there's any hope for our peace, it's going to be our lives being lived with him, in him. He's the one that's going to be by our side. He's the one that won't leave us and forsake us. Are we living our life with him? Are we trying to plug out on our own, even though he's there? You must know him. In knowing him, you need to be content in him, with him. John 14, 27, Jesus made this promise. He said, peace I leave with you. He said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It's not the peace this world can give, the peace of Christ himself. There is no greater peace. There is no greater contentment. Philippians 4, 6, 7, be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> you know, don't let the situations and the things and, and others and all those things, don't let them get you down. Don't let them get you anxious. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'll guarantee you. And it don't even take the devil. Most of us, we kind of like to give him credit for a whole lot of stuff. I'm not so important to him that him as one individual is going to spend a whole lot of time on me. But you know what? He's done his job well. The flesh and the influence of Satan and his sin, all that influence on me. Oh, yes, it's the consequences. But the trouble is, the Bible's saying here that, you know, our hearts and minds need to be kept through Jesus Christ. This world and our own flesh will do everything it can to get your mind and your heart but it needs to be kept in Christ. Isaiah said it this way, and this is the last verse I'll give to you this morning. Isaiah 26, 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Do you really trust him today? Do you trust him for all that he is and all, that's, all that you are in him? not what you are in the flesh. He says again, let your conversation be without covetousness. Don't be looking and wishing that was something was different, that the situation was different, that you had something more that you need to make you stronger, to make you more effective. But be content with such things as you have. Why? Because Jesus has said, I will never leave thee and I will never forsake you. Today, one simple question more important than anything you'll ever be asked, have you truly trusted in him today? First of all, to save you, to forgive you of your sins, because he alone can bring contentment to your life. He is the starting point, and you need him today or there will be no contentment. There will be no satisfaction with your life. You may strive for it. You may look for it all over the place but you'll never find it in him. You can be content. He's told you that, and he's told you why. And God wants you to know that peace that just doesn't even make a lick of sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense because you don't have work and because that this person is, is doing this to you and because you're, you're not able to do that and all these other things. The situations can look absolutely horrible. But with him, he'll give you contentment a peace that passes all understanding. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, for this simple, 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 simple truth. As Christians, as your children, we need to be content. We have every reason to be content. We have everything we need to be content. Help us, Lord. Help us not for our minds and hearts to be influenced by the world and our flesh. Help the influence to come from above. Let us not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Help us, Lord, to make this a reality in our lives. Help it to be more than just, oh, another few Bible verses and another preacher ranting and some more things being said. But, Lord, help us to take these simple truths and apply them to their lives. Lord, that every individual here this morning 
If they don't know Christ, they can come to know Christ this day by putting their faith and trust in him. Lord, for the Christians that may have been struggling so much because they've been doing it all in their strength and themselves, Lord, they need to be trusting in you. They need to be doing it in your strength. They need for the Holy Spirit to have control of their lives rather than the flesh in which they live and dwell. We pray that you'd speak to hearts. Lord, if there's one here today that needs to be saved, help them to admit that and to act upon it this day. And Lord, if there's a Christian here struggling today, would you help them? Maybe they just need to get honest with themselves and honest with you. Maybe they need to kneel here in this altar this morning and maybe someone just pray with them to recognize that contentment can be had. They've been trying to find it in the wrong ways, in the wrong places. It was in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you.